Be honest with Carrie Champion. I brought my phone in case I forget something. Um, hello, everyone. How are you? Good. Okay, so I need I need you guys to help me. I know it's been a long day, but we have to this next guest. So we need a lot of energy, and we need to listen to this amazing story. Uh, I, I am so fortunate that I get to do these interviews with these great, amazing people. Um, I have a podcast. Be honest. Download, subscribe if you'd like. Um, and the podcast essentially we talk to people in a conversational way, just as if I'm talking to you right now. It's not very, okay, who, what, when, where, tell me how. It's just literally, tell me about yourself. How'd you grow up? How'd you decide you wanted to do whatever it is that you do? What drives you? What's your motivation? What's your passion? And so um, Laura and ESPNW and company uh, came up with this great idea. Take the podcast and bring it here to the summit, which is exciting for me because it gives me an opportunity to meet so many amazing people. Last year, we had Cheryl Crow and Bozema St. John. So this year, we're continuing the tradition with more amazing people. Uh, the person that I'm going to bring up, uh, I will not sing because I can't, but <laughs> I will introduce you to her. Her song, one of her songs, became an anthem for many. But we really want to know what was behind that song. Who is that lovely voice? Who is that person? Uh, without further ado, big round of applause, if you will, for Andrew Day coming to the stage. Thank you so much, so much for being here on behalf Hi, of ESPN, <laughs> ESPNW, the family. Uh, this is amazing. Oh, thank you for so having me. you all are familiar with the song, correct? Right? <laughs> how, how are we not? It was an anthem for everything. Um, Andrew, one of my first questions for you, uh, how did you come up with Rise Up? I know you wrote that, mm -hmm. but tell me about what went into that song for you. Uh, you know, I think I still remember that session. I was really frustrated that day. <laughs> it was just a lot was kind of going on in my life personally and then professionally things were or rather than saying a lot was going on not much was going on I was frustrated because you know when you get to that point where you feel like I've done all the right things you know why are things kind of not falling into place and um, so I was frustrated a friend of mine had just been diagnosed with cancer and I, I really didn't feel like writing to be honest <laughs> so it wasn't like I was like I'm gonna go in and I really want to inspire the people I wasn't I was like yo the session better be done in like an hour you know so I, I was really, it was, so I always tell people that song actually came from a prayer, really. I, I literally, I was so frustrated. And I said, I know this isn't the right place to do anything from. So I just stood outside Jen Del Civio's house, actually, the woman, um, the um, the producer that I did the song with. And, uh, and I just prayed. And I said, all right, you know, I just, for me, it's always a spiritual root, you know. So it was sort of like, all right, God, use me. You know, what do you want to say? What is, what's today about? What's this song about? And and then when we went in and did it, uh, she was just playing something. And I said, okay, keep playing. I'll just sing and we'll see what happens and see what comes out. And the first, so it was almost like freestyle. The first take, the majority of the song came out, rise up, do it a thousand times again. You're broken down and tired. Like, and so once we kind of did that take, we were going to go in and try to do another, but we were like, maybe we should just let this be like, maybe this is a, a, a thing. So we finished writing it and, um, you know, I, I knew it was something special when we did it, but I don't think I was really in the headspace because it was 
a, I think a two year difference from the time that we actually created Rise Up to the time that it was even allotted a space on the album. And I don't think I was in the headspace. I think I was too frustrated at the time to really understand what was what it was supposed to do. You know, and it, it didn't didn't make it onto the record until like the very last moment when I, my, the label played it for me. They were like, we have something we want to show you a song. And I was like, mm, I don't know, you know, so like, but they played it. They were like, no, it's a song you did two years ago, or whatever. And they played it for me. And it was just like goosebumps. It was an answer to everything I needed at that moment. I was like, oh my God, how could I have not considered this? And immediately it was on the album and the song. <laughs> Consider that though. Two years. Yeah. It's a two years. Yeah. And then when you, it was an immediate hit, um, and at that moment, it gave you goosebumps. But did yeah. you feel as if, considering where we were um, in 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 our lives, mm-hmm. that it would be an anthem for so many different people, and it would register and touch so many people and affect so many lives? To be completely honest, I I knew it was special. I had no idea it would do what it has done and what it's still doing. I still am in, you know, working with people and talking to people. I had no idea it would do that. All I knew was that it was special to me. It moved me in such a way. And it was, I explain it like this. It was, it was so itself. I don't know how to explain it any other way. The song was just exactly who it was supposed to be. You know, I, I really talk about it like a person like that because I, in a way I think that it is. And, and um so I didn't know that it would affect people, but I knew that if, people happen to be dealing with things that I'm dealing with or if they, you know, were frustrated or tired or have been fighting for something so long and feel like it's not worth it, then I knew it would, if if they were like me in that way, human, then I knew it would motivate them because it motivated me. And so, you know, so putting it out there was like, it wasn't about like, okay, how big will this song be? Is it going to be a hit? Because that was actually a big fight. <laughs> it was like, we need to put tons of drums and put all of this da-da-da and this stuff on it. And I was like, okay. But this, but I was like, we can try it. But if it's not good, it's not good. And so I was adamant about let it be what it's supposed to be. It's piano. It's vocal. It's it's bass. It's, you know. And, um, and, and it was supposed to be that. And I think it touched people it was supposed to touch. And the right the movements that that needed it picked it up and yeah i I don't think i fully anticipated what it was gonna do you could you ever and then i think about it now um i i think in the line of so many artists because everyone is an artist in their own way um when you think of and i'm I'm just off the cuff common marvin gay aretha franklin i'm thinking of different artists who who use their voice in different ways. Um, you had a choice because when you come into this industry, much like everyone, we all have a choice to decide what we want our careers to look like and how we want to move yeah. and how we want to be received and respected. And for someone who's young and beautiful, I could see them pushing more of the pop culture as opposed to the cerebral artist. Yeah. How did you make that choice to to stick to what you wanted to do and not sell something that wasn't authentic to who you are? Uh, you know, Again, I actually, actually, I can reference a very specific point when I knew, when I knew that that's how it was going to be. Um, again, it really did come from prayer. I was, I was kind of, again, I was frustrated. This was earlier on before even writing Rise Up. This was before anything was happening. You know, I had deals with, you know, um, Akon and other labels and things like that that had fallen through. And I was just getting to a point where I was like, man, maybe I'm really not supposed to do this. And it was a prayer. I just was like, all right, if I'm supposed to, do this, you know, then I'll do it. But if I'm supposed to put it down and I'm going to go, you know, 
be a teacher. I'll go do that. It was really when I, I had a relationship with God again. And it was like, as long as I'm walking in my purpose and up to my full potential, then whatever that looks like, I'm, I'm fine with as long as I'm doing it with purpose and I'm serving. And so it was really that moment of surrender. You know what I mean? Where I was like, all right, uh, that moment was really the time that I realized, oh, that's the reason why I'm doing it. So had I, you know, at like 19, had I stepped into it and I was like, I'm about to be rich and popping and, you know, whatever, like, then it would have been a different thing. But I was a little older. Again, I had been through some stuff. My relationship with God had grown and I realized, okay, it's not worth it, right? Like if I'm sacrificing who I am and my potential and, you know, my integrity. And that doesn't just mean, I feel like people always are like, oh, integrity is if you're getting naked. No, it's, it's, it's not being who you are authentically. You know what I'm saying? Like not getting naked. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Well, I think people are always like, oh, you keep your clothes. And I'm like, yeah, but if I decide to get butt naked, then that's just what it's going to be. That's another album. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And another time. But it's not like, I don't want (laughs) to criticize other people for doing that, but if they're authentic to themselves, it just, it wasn't worth it to me anymore to sacrifice my purpose and my peace just for some money you know what i mean or how were you discovered oh (laughs) that was actually so i was actually working i was not in a great situation actually (laughs) with a former kind of manager producer person who i won't say his name but um (laughs) because i'm not gonna do him like that because i know we fierce you know what i'm saying so i don't want everybody facebooking him you know what i'm saying right (laughs) we won't be petty his name is tom smith i don't know no, but, um, yeah, but the good thing, the one thing that happened is, um, I, I had, I was performing, I did like a little performance in front of like a, a, a shopping center in Malibu, just in a strip mall with like an amp and a microphone. And, um, he recorded it and he just happened to find himself in like a pastry shop, I think, or something like that with, um, Kai, um, uh, Millard Morris, who was like my angel, who was, um, Stevie's former wife, still friends. Um, Stevie. Stevie Wonder. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, gonna have I'm to sorry. Give a Stevie, Stevie. <laughs> right, right. Wonder? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and she played it for him and he loved my voice. And so he decided he wanted to have a conversation with me about songwriting and, you know, working together. And I'll never forget, I was living in a tiny box of an apartment. My mom's little Chula Vista apartment D behind a, a, a 7-Eleven dumpster. <laughs> and, um, and I'm on the phone with Stevie Wonder. He called me and he's talking to me, you know, like, Oh, you know, did you write these songs? And, and then talking about songs that he wants to work and then talking about, um, uh, what sign am I? <laughs> I was like, um, he, he talks about that a lot. Oh uh, yeah. I don't think my mom even believed that I was on the phone with Stevie Wonder. I think she just thought I was like trying to get out of cleaning or doing the dishes or something. <laughs> But, no, mom, um, it's Stevie. Yeah, I can't. it was like, oh, okay, okay, you still lying? Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, and it, and so they brought me up to LA. I had a meeting. I met him and um, his friend or his partner at the time, Adrian Gervitz, who eventually became the producer that produced Cheers to the Fall, the album. And um, it was just incredible. Like, he didn't work so much on this album. There's more stuff we're going to be working on, but... But he introduced me to Adrian, who was his production partner at the time, and introduced me to Jeffrey Evans, who became my manager. And they just were an incredible team. You know, they, they really grinded for me and like and did, you know, there we I, I always remember when we took label meetings, I remember everyone at these labels being like, yeah, we would have never put that much, invested that much into an artist as far as album creation and development. And that was really profound to me. So it's, you know. Loyal to the soil now. I I like to mention that because obviously we're showing cheers to the falls, but um, I I like to mention these moments 
because they're so ordained, they're so specific. They had to happen that way. Um, you were taking a phone call, uh, in the Chula Vista apartment and your mom's like, come clean the dishes. And you're like, no, actually it's Stevie. I'm chatting. (laughs) And then from, from that moment, look where you are. I, I, and I, I mentioned this because I know everyone who has followed you knows that you use your music as a voice. How'd you grow up? How'd you get so involved in an advocacy, if you will? Why did you decide that would be your platform? Yo, you are super dope because first of all, those Ah. two types, it just has the way I grew up and then the advocacy, it's tied together. You guys, you know what? Look, like she said, everybody is an artist. Laura, can I get a raise? Right. Are you? (laughs) No. Okay. I I was like, that was like, that was the craziest segue of all time. I was like, Yes. Um, no, no. So I, I grew up in Southeast San Diego. I grew up in, I like to say Southeast San Diego, but I specifically reference Southeast San Diego, which is the more inner city of San Diego. But I, I love my home. I, I happen to be, uh, fortunate enough, blessed enough to go to a performing arts school. It's called San Diego School for Creative and Performing Arts. And it was just such a special diamond. You know, it was, it was, and it was a really coveted school. Like a lot of kids wanted to get into it. Um, because it provided so many opportunities, the teachers there were so dedicated. The, art, the the program was focused on the arts, and so I did musical theater there, jazz vocal performance, studied classical music. I danced for actually 22 years, which most people don't know. Don't ask me to bust nothing out right now, because I might just bust something in the process. But uh, but um um, so it, I did. I I just always loved performing, and and I just remember. I don't think I appreciated the teachers. As, as much until I got older. That's where I was first introduced, which actually has to do with everything about my musical DNA. That's when I was first introduced to jazz, you know, like artists like Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald, Carmen McRae, Nina Simone, Sarah Vaughn, like those vocalists, my musical theater teacher um, um, introduced me to. And um, it was just, I remember as I growing up realizing that, because in my neighborhood where I grew up, there was a lot of gang violence. There was a lot of, well, we say pimping, but it's really just, you know, trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, and, and I saw the difference in the kids who were able to go to the school that I went to, the students and the, the teacher relationships there. It's, it's so, it's so profound when you watch a young person begin to realize that they have the potential to do something other than what their neighborhood or what the environment tells them they have to do to survive. Once they get out of the need to survive and they get, into the place of thriving and see that they have potential, see that they have opportunities. And that has everything to do with the the community of teachers and uh, people around them. Then, then it's incredible. You know, I, 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 there's people, I have a friend now who's actually just got greenlit to do an, uh, the funding for, for an, a huge Broadway show who I really feel like probably would end up gangbanging and who else, you know, I don't know what else like in jail or something. And so, you know, I think that's what led to the advocacy. That's what, you know, kind of brought me back to my roots and saying, all right, who are all the people that helped me and changed our lives when we were in this school? I want to do that. Like, that's what I want to be a part of, which goes back to the not doing things that weren't authentic to me. You know, okay, if it, well, this won't make you money. Well, it, 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 it makes me spiritually wealthy. You know what I mean? And, and emotionally and mentally wealthy. And as we talked about before, holistic success is more important to me than just, what is that? Well, I think holistic success, like I, I describe holistic success or holistic wealth to me is like, is not making decisions just to make yourself prosper financially, but to make yourself spiritually healthy, to make yourself emotionally healthy, psychologically healthy, you know, like, and, and then also as a byproduct of that, then you become, you know, just in your life circumstantially successful. I, I think, 
And so I've, you know, we've made decisions. We've said no to big opportunities because they weren't right before, but then we end up getting something bigger. Or if we didn't, we still are able to sleep at night because, you know, maybe it helped other people to do this and to do a instead of B, you know? And so it's just keeping that in mind when it comes to like building wealth and your future and, and is, is that, you know, it's just making short term financial decisions are, are not, you know, they're not, they don't make us successful people. You know what I mean? It, it, so in that, that's kind of sort of our approach and our thinking when it comes to things. You said, you know, you said no to certain projects, but you would get other things. Uh, we have this exchange. It's, it's interesting how the world works. Uh, we have this exchange between you and M Knight Shyamalan. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you first yeah. started in the business, Social media, one of the rare reasons it can be good is that people yes. can reach out to you. So, yes. so mm -hmm. what happened? He was just like, Hey, I wonder your video. Yeah, it was incredible. Oh yeah, you guys have that. <laughs> so we, we actually, okay, as crazy as it sounds, we had just got off the heels of, of, um, Spike Lee actually did directed the first video. I've heard of him. Yes, yes. You know, he's a little known director. Yeah. He's, he's a local <laughs> guy. He's really coming up. You guys should check it, check him out. Um, but, um, and so I, I was just kind of praying, you know, for me, it matters, right? The music, the visuals, all this stuff for a lot of artists, it does, you know, but, um, I, we were just kind of, we kept making jokes. We we're like, all right, where do we go from Spike Lee? You know what I mean? And, but I was just praying. I was like, I was seriously like, who is the right director for this project? Who is, you know, and I had gotten the story. I knew what the story was going to be. And so, um, I just wanted somebody who could bring it to life and who could really care about it. And, and, and again, you know, cater to their artistic truth and not to what would be the most, you know, financially beneficial option or would make us most popular, but what was truthful. And, um, and so his daughter, who was an incredible artist actually, um, introduced him to my music and he was so moved by it that he tweeted me and he was like, well, what does it say again? Oh, okay. I don't know what it, I don't remember, but it was something like Andrew day or something like I love rise up or something like that. And let's do a music video, hashtag night and day or something. And so I like hit him back. Oh, on I Twitter. get it. The, like M night, right? M night, and then day. Andrew okay, day. Yeah, yeah, it was cute. Okay. It was I get really it. cute. I, get I was it. like, okay. ah. <laughs> right. I told him I was like, the message didn't really get it, but that hashtag, <laughs> that hashtag did the job. But um, <laughs> so uh, so I he was serious about it, and I couldn't believe it. So I told him about like the idea and the story because we were kind of brainstorming ideas. And then I brought the idea to him that I had for the video and he was like, I love it. I love it. It came at the end of a book. I was praying about it. And then it was like the last page in the book, which was really about women. The book was actually, I can't remember the name. I don't know. Something about women. Nobody's plan B, something like that. God's not plan B or something. And at the end of the book, it was the simplest story. It was the last page. And it was a man who was telling his son about how his mom was a hero and um, was saying that, just by by him taking her on a date and his son was like how is she a hero because you took her on a date and then he proceeds to explain to him that in order for me to take your mother on a date she has to get me up in the morning carry me out of bed into my wheelchair she has to bathe me brush my teeth she has to he was a quadriplegic and and so and she has to even feed him while they're on the date you know and at the end of the date she says to him like gen as genuine as she could that you know um she just says, thank you so much for taking me on a date. Like she enjoyed that so much. And I just remember being so moved because I like to highlight the micro. I do believe the micro affects the macro. And I like to highlight those stories that are sort of the unsung hero stories. Uh, and so he loved it and he, he really brought it to life in such an incredible way. I'm really grateful, indebted to him, you know. 
I um I know that you've worked with some other greats. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we had a list. Now, if you had to, you only have one album. We have another one coming out. Yes. But if you had to go down, just a quick list of some of the people that you had the opportunity to work with and thought, wow, I'm in the room with this person and this is really special and yeah. I've learned something. Yeah. Who would that be? Oh, all right. I'm going to start with uh, the Obamas. <laughs> Um, that I've heard of them. Yes. Yes. Right. With Spike. I've right. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Spike. Yeah. I think they, you know, they're working together on a project now. Um, no. So I, I had the, the, the incredible privilege to meet the president and the first lady who I still refer to as that, but that's another later conversation. Um, but, um, no, and it, it was just, you know, particularly getting closer to, to, um, uh, to Michelle Obama, uh, to Mrs. Obama was just, to see her passion for people is like, it's just, I was awestruck the entire time. Again, I'm like, okay, I can't believe I'm in the room with her, you know, but, but to have the opportunity to, to work with her, I mean, me, me on the sort of creating content side, but her like really in the trenches, it was, it was actually a campaign that we worked on called let girls learn. And, um, we, we did a film with girl rising and uh, the film was called we will rise. And it was about, educating girls because you know there's over 130 million girls who are not educated who don't get formal education and what do you mean by that tell us more uh meaning so the girl rising is a, is an organization that i work with they actually just named me an an, um, an ambassador i'm so excited Congrats. yeah thank you very much <laughs> um and so thank you <laughs> Uh, and, and so they're an organization that creates content to bring awareness to the injustices and um, the inequality that girls face around the world, particularly when it comes to education. And, uh, uh, so they create content to bring awareness to that. They also go into these regions, the Liberia, um, in Morocco, uh, they're actually in, in, uh, the refugee camps in Somalia educating the girls right now, which is crazy that in certain places you have to be in a refugee camp to even get an education. And so, so they, they bring awareness to these insurmountable or seemingly insurmountable obstacles that girls face to get educated beyond, you know, families or, or, or areas not feeling like it's valuable to educate a girl. And they, they, they go in and they really speak the language of the leadership in those nations and show that how, you know, educating women and valuing women and girls directly affects your, your, um, economic progress and ain't it the truth ladies? right right <laughs> i mean ain't it the truth like yeah. I, I, you should give yourselves a round of applause yes. we are we really are truly that we i don't we think they understand the value of educating us yes absolutely and so and they're changing people's minds about that and so that's what we were working on and to just watch her like fervor for people in general but particularly these girls and you, some of these stories, these girls are heroes and she was in there just really changing people's lives. And, and so I, I was just floored and honored that, you know, I, I still feel like I, I tell my manager all the time, I still feel like everywhere I go, I'm fooling everybody. They're like, Oh, we're happy to have you. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I don't really belong here, but, but, um, she's just always been so kind and so humble and just a genuine human being. And, and, I don't think it came overnight for you, but I think no. for some people, they would yeah. feel like it. I, it's so interesting when people say, where'd you come from? You came yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. You're like, yeah. no, actually, I've been grinding for about 10 years. Yeah, that I makes me it. laugh, actually, when I hear you. When you hear about people say that? Right, yeah. And then I just go with it. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. I'm 20. Yeah. You know, kind of like, right? <laughs> I am no, 20. Right, yeah. I did just pop about it over. You're yes. right. right. I'm 23. <laughs> I, I agree. No. Right, um, exactly. So tell me. No, it's been a long, yeah. a tell long, Tell about your long, long road, journey. your journey to be here. 
career and and what probably I think when I think of you and I look at you, what's been your I don't know, your aha moment, your biggest lesson, if you will. Oh, goodness. Um, so the journey has definitely been long. I've always been a performer, though. I've, I've done it since, like, elementary school. I've always danced. I was in dance. I was doing theater. Um, I sang as well, too, but I don't think I really found my voice until, like, maybe middle school, till I was, like, 11, 12 years old, or discovering it. Um, I've, I loved jazz since my musical theater teacher, uh, his name was Bill Doyle, introduced me to it. Uh, but I don't think I came back to it until I was older because I was kind of like, okay, I want to do what's like popping on the radio when I was young. You know what I mean? And, and, um, and it wasn't until I, I got to the revelation that like, okay, just be true to yourself. Like that will make you stand out. Don't try to be like other people because then you're just going to be like other people and there's nothing that will be, that will stand out or be different. Um, but it's been a long journey. There's, you know, I, again, I, I grew up in Southeast San Diego, so it was a lot of being in different girl groups and trying to find producers and, and sometimes trying to find people that matched my hunger. You know, I, there are people who I worked with, um, in San Diego or just kind of like in little hood studios and, and it was nice working with them, but I realized I'm like, oh, you're not actually motivated. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of a cool hobby and everything. And so it was like, all right, I'll be back for you, but I gotta go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do, do what I need to do. And did you ever rap? Yeah, I think I actually am going to be rapping a little bit more on this next record. <laughs> if, if I were to beatbox right now, could you give us a... No, oh my God, I cannot freestyle. I'm a lyricist. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I really... Okay, wait, let's see. Okay. Uh, I'm running out of here breath. We are, here we are, here we are, here we are, here we are. Hey, at the Women's Summit. Ain't women it. Ain't women doing... I can't rap. I can't rap to write it down. I was ready. I was ready. Were you guys ready? Yes. I, I, I listen. I would say I'm really not a rapper, and that's I'm a lyricist. I have to write myself down. I'm no, like, I, you I like, can't take no you credit. Here I'm we not are. Coming. Here we are. I felt like the women's summit. That's all we needed. That's it. Are you, you guys was that great? Was that just a minute? <laughs> Encouragement, please. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was I was joking. I had no idea you were going to be rapping. Oh I was God. just being silly. Yeah, I really me. I know, but that's good. <laughs> was, I, I feel like all artists have that in them. You yeah, know what I mean, I, mean other... I think if you liked, I like I love poetry growing up. You know right. what I mean, all that stuff, and so and I went to a performing arts school, so yeah. it's like you're doing poetry and. We work with words all the time. So, but I always tell people, I said, I can't, I can't take Commons credit. Like yes. he's like, the most amazing <laughs> freestyle is. I've ever heard. I just can write things down and yeah. then spit it. And that, that's and then like, read it, like from here. Exactly. Yes, I'm okay. that person. Yeah. Right. I'm in the studio like, ah, run it back. I yeah. need to hit that line again. Yeah. So that's me. I, I also know, um, <laughs> you have a movie. Coming yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Tell the folks about that. That's a big deal. Um. So I'm. I yeah. I'm incredibly excited about this. Uh. I and terrified actually at the same time. It's. I, it's very. It's. People always think kind of. Oh, you do music, so you're a performer. Like you're kind of used to this thing. But it is really out of my element. I even though I did musical theater in high school, it was. It's a whole different thing. So like on camera acting, the places you have to go. But so the movie is is um I'll be playing Billie Holiday in the movie. Like, yeah, I can't believe they I actually legend. can't believe that my first role is like this kind of leading role. But I'm just trusting God again. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. Because I really did try to self sabotage. I get nervous. Like I, I I feel I find myself in the most uncomfortable places, and I'd be like trying to come up with reasons. Like you know, it's not really supposed to be me. So I'm gonna just move on. But no, it was supposed to be me. And so, um, you know, it's, I, I'm actually very excited about this film though, because when I first heard about it, I wasn't really interested in just playing, doing another biopic of Billie Holiday, right? Like I think that Diana Ross was just phenomenal. I think that Audra McDonald on Broadway is amazing. 
But what drew me to it was that the focus is not her career and how she blew up, but was really the last four years of her life, her addiction and how she was hunted by the FBI and by the Federal Bureau of Narcotics and how the first war on drugs was not in the 80s, but was actually in the 40s and was absolutely entrenched in race. That is what stemmed. And there's no way to separate the two. They hated her because she was black. They hated her because she was a woman, because she had money. And she had the nerve to sing about lynching in the South, you know, and lynching in America, period. And so it was like, all right, she we know she's an addict. You know, there were points she did want to get clean. But it was like, we're going to take her down, planting drugs in her rehab room, planting drugs on her hospital bed. And it was, we're going to give her the rope to hang herself. And that was actual documented words about her and about the assault on her. Um, and so, you know, but she never stopped singing the song. And we needed that song. You know, Strange Fruit was, and I'm talking about the song Strange Fruit. And, uh, and that song was really our first anthem. And I don't say just our as in, you know, uh, African Americans, people of color, all of ours, right? Because when we know, when we all have more history, the better off all of us are. But, but she never stopped singing the song. And, and it, um, and so it's, and then also when it comes to drug addiction, I, I think they said Billie Holiday, I believe, was one of the first people, if not the very first person to refer to drug addiction as an illness, to understand that addicts are sick. We don't need jail time. We need hospitals. We need help. We need, you know, to talk to people about this. And so it's a, it touches on a lot of subjects, you know, and, 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 um, and just, and how she lived her life. People hated her, lived her life. You know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, Billie Holiday was also bisexual and people hated her for that as well. And so she was really a pioneer in so many ways and, and an overcomer because she, she went through a lot in her life, including being raped and sexually abused multiple times, being kind of sold off to, you know, um, to in living being raised in a brothel you know and 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 um it's gonna be a lot it's yeah, a lot it's a lot and for so people I'm to digest <laughs> yeah i would be too i would have tried but, to self-sabotage right well. right right exactly yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm all set guys <laughs> right yeah um you know what i was gonna ask you um as we wrap and i know folks here are probably more excited about you performing than us chatting <laughs> but you know be considering our audience and where we are do you have any words of wisdom um and it's not just women just for people in general oh, as yeah. we as we get ready to enter this weekend, you're kicking it off these next three days. You're kicking, you're wrapping it up rather our first oh, night. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to um, figure something out for the set. <laughs> I don't, yeah, no self-sabotage, but just any thoughts, any parting thoughts? Um, yeah, well, actually, since we're on the topic of self-sabotage, um, <laughs> don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, but actually there is something about, I, I I'll, I'll take it from a perspective of my faith and let this translate. However, you know, what it, either of you believe, if anything, then, you know, is, is to not get comfortable, you know, being content is one thing, having peace, you know, about the places you go, but to not get comfortable. And ever since I've started this journey, God has always called me out on a limb, you know what I mean? Wanting me to be more of a leader. I think wanting all of us to be more of leaders. And so, and it's, it's so the things that scare you, right? The things that seem the most impossible or the things that you don't want to do, even when it came to meeting the Obamas, I was like, no, I'm terrified, you know, to have a conversation with them. But it's like being in the trenches, you know, go to the places or, or to the places in your, in your life or in your heart that are the scariest for you. We have to face those things because I think fear tries to, 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 to fear is deceiving, right? Fear is like, Hey, whatever's on the other side of that is not worth this obstacle or this trial you're going to have to go through. But really the other side of that is your potential. It's your growth. It's your purpose. And it's, and other people need that. You know what I mean? They rely on us to be who we are, you know, and to, to, 
to help them be who they are and, 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 and tap their potential and reach their goals. So, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of understanding the walk or your life from that perspective can be the scary things are usually the things that yield the most benefit. So I guess chase your it. fear, chase your fear, chase yeah. it fast chase it down or you know not. What I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Andrew day, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.